Okay, it's time for the intro. This is Andrea Parti from threelittlepitties.com, the dog health podcast today, and the NAE biohacking system. Uh, I, What do I want to tell you? I need to tell you that when we actively promote health, instead of wishing and hoping disease won't happen, and throw out the stuff that causes underlying problems, the chance of disease becomes so much smaller, we may never see it at all. I am not a veterinarian. I have to make that disclaimer. So I cannot give you medical advice, but I got some good stuff for you. So let's start today's. Hi, I hope you're doing absolutely wonderful today. We woke up this morning and it was cloudy, but it was not cold. So I jumped on the trampoline while Lou ran around the yard. I'm telling you, it is so rewarding to see a 14-year-old racing around, just going and going and going. It just makes my day. Okay, so today, where are we? We are working on the recipe for disease. This is part four. What's on What's on the menu today? The recipe for disease is how to poison your dog easily. It can be done daily, but some of the worst offenders are done monthly or yearly. What are they? Insecticides and vaccines. It still amazes me how many people don't connect the dots about flea tick and heartworm meds as the poisons they are. And like other poisons, they build up in the system. Um, here, uh, to, to give you an example, what about arsenic? Do you remember the true stories of women called black widows because they added just a little bit of arsenic in their husband's food regularly and they died? Or uh, a, one of a really famous one was... A, Amy Archer Gilligan, and she owned a nursing home, and it took 48 deaths before anyone caught on. She was using arsenic to poison her, poison them. Her story was the basis for the movie and play called Arsenic and Old Lace. So everything adds up. Anyway, so if we look at, say, flea prevention, how does it work? Well, it's got neurotoxins, which cause muscle paralysis. But long after the flea is dead, the neurotoxins are still affecting the poor dog. It's like what happened to my son's dog, Kirby, in a slower way. Kirby played on a recently treated lawn and became a quadriplegic. It was devastating. There was another family dog at the time who was affected but appeared to recover quicker. And then sadly, an, an unrelated got an unrelated disease and died a few years later. I'm really, really pleased that my ex-husband and his wife no longer have a lung. Anyway, the other one is vaccines. I'm not anti-vaccine, but I am anti-poison. The problem, of course, is to get a vaccine to work, it needs an adjunct aluminum, which are really poisonous to your dog. I was talking to a new client the other day, and she has a little 10-pound dog. This is I hate this. I totally hate this. If you have this problem, do not call me. <laughs> no, I just, this is just so heart-wrenching. This poor little thing began having seizures after just one round of vaccines some years ago. And, of course, this woman feels responsible. She figured out how to control the seizures with CBD oil. But later, this dog got such horrible mucus that recently she nearly threw herself off a balcony while trying, because she was throwing herself down over and over, trying to dislodge the mucus because she couldn't breathe. My client has used a few drugs from the vet, like steroids, to help her dog breathe, but nothing is is helping really much at all. And the vet is 
you know, just kind of threw his hands up. He doesn't know what all this is from. Anyway, the longer that a health issue has been there, the longer it takes the help for the body to deal with it. And that's what we'll talk about in the last part of the series. Um, this is really a short one, isn't it? Because I'm about done. Um, I want to note something. If you are a vacciner, do your research. We now know that many vaccines keep a dog from contracting a disease for eight years to life. So why repeat them? Titer testing may be more expensive in the short term, but could save your dog's health and astronomical vet bills later. And just for fun, I want to mention something that's not fun at all. Um, when I researched vaccines, which I spent months doing this, looking into all of them and going to the CDC and all kinds of places, um, there I found out when I looked into the rabies vaccine that there hadn't been a case of a dog with rabies. So the point is, you know, I hate to throw stones, but yeah, I'm throwing stones. This is about making money. It's not about protecting our dogs. And the rabies vaccine is to protect people. And yes, it's the law that we have to have them. So it's it's something that that you have to figure out personally for um, for your dog and the health of your dog. Lulu is old enough that she's not being required to have them um, where I live now, which is really nice and why I moved uh, because I was afraid that having another one would just do her in. Um, so what else was I going to say? Oh, and also remember, remember, remember that if that no dog should ever get a vaccine if they're sick. And I mean any kind of illness. Um, if your dog has allergies, that um, if you read on the bottle, if you were to read on the bottle of the vaccine, it says not to give it to any dog with any health issues. So that should. If you have a vet that's that's pushing them, push back or get a new vet. Okay, that's about it. So I guess that's it. Yep, that's it. Alrighty, I'm out of here. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Well, so much for tomorrow. I, I actually listened to this to make sure that it came out smoothly and it did not. And I think I may have missed one other part. But I saw that one part totally skipped and didn't record. So I just wanted to read that over. And what I was saying was... Um, it was about, oh, the problem, of course, is to get a vaccine to work, it needs an adjuvant to prompt the immune system to respond. And that means fun stuff like mercury and aluminum, which are poisons to your dog's body. Okay, that's the part I missed. Now I'm really done. Okay, bye.